The Boston Podcast Network is proud to present the Academy of Special Needs Planners, the podcast. Now here's your host, Kevin Urbach. Welcome. This is Kevin Urbach, National Director of the Academy of Special Needs Planners. Uh, Today, um, we have our regular special needs planning podcast, and today it is my pleasure to introduce James Hike. James Hike is a public benefits consultant based out of California with over 40 years of experience working with people with disabilities, primarily those with developmental disabilities. He began his career as a senior rehab counselor with the California Department of Rehabilitation working with regional center clients. Uh, Since then, he has become the national director of a regional center and has had a host of jobs working on behalf of people with disabilities. For at least the last 12 years, he's been consulting and advocating for people with disabilities and their families to assist them in accessing public benefits. So, Jim, welcome. Thank you. Appreciate it, Kevin. So today, I thought what we could talk about is Supplemental Security Income, or commonly known as SSI. Uh, This is a public benefit program um, from the federal government. So Jim, can you tell us a little bit about SSI? Yes, thank you, Kevin. Uh, First of all, it's important for folks to understand that Supplemental Security Income, SSI, is a program that's administered by the Social Security Administration, but it's not Social Security. It's not funded through the Social Security Fund. But SSI is a program that is for individuals who are over 65 years of age or disabled and have limited income and resources. So... You say that somebody has to be disabled. What does disabled mean to qualify for, for something like SSI? For an adult, it would mean that an individual is not capable of working. And Social Security operationally defines working as they call it substantial gainful activity or SGA. And currently in this year, that's operationally defined as the capability of earning $1,220 gross per month. So it's not whether or not there are jobs out there because the economy could be bad and you can't get a job. That doesn't count. What they look at is the capability of the individual to make $1,220 gross per month. And is that because, because of their disability, they can't earn that amount of money? That's correct. So it has to be a a disability that is listed in in the regulations as being a qualifying disability and that that disability results in the person not being able to achieve SGA. And that's documented initially at the application phase by medical records that Social Security requests from the various sources that the individual gives to them, such as their doctors, their therapists. It depends upon what the disability is. It could be from specialists. And so Social Security gathers those, those, that documentation of the person's disability. And then if, if through the analysis of those reports and examinations, Social Security, or usually it's a separate agency that does the disability determination, if they, if they determine that those records are not adequate, to document that the person meets the disability um, eligibility criteria, then Social Security has their own doctors that, and specialists that they will have the applicant be seen by 
to see if they meet the, the, the eligibility criteria for being considered disabled. Okay. And is, and you said something about that being for an adult. So can children also qualify for SSI people under age 18? Yes, they can. Actually, a person can uh, of any age can apply for SSI and the, the qualifications of course would be that the individual has a substantial disability, the child, and that it's that, and this applies to both children and adults that the disability must be um, anticipated to last at least 12 months. Okay. So if I break my leg and I can't move and I can't work, that's not going to qualify. That's exactly right. That's why they do the 12 months. Got it. Okay. So then you also mentioned something about there being a income and resource test. Uh, what exact, so how much money can I have and, and apply for SSI? Well, for an adult, the, the adult cannot have more than $2,000 in cash or anything that's easily converted to cash. So $2,000 limit there. They can have one car of any value. And again, we're talking about an adult. They can have one car of any value. They can have a home of any value as long as they reside in that home. And that is the, the, the means test that's, that's applied for, for an adult. Now, for children, there's a process called deeming, and that's where the resources and income, and we haven't talked about income yet, but just in terms of resources, the resources of the parents are deemed to the child. So in essence, as if they were the resources of the child. And so if the parents have more than, depends upon how many parents there are, but if they have more than three or $4,000, then that's going to be deemed to the child, and that will uh, result in the child exceeding the $2,000 resource limit. So it sounds like if you're a child and your parents have more than say $3,000, you don't qualify, but when they turn 18, they just look at that adult's own assets to see if they qualify financially. That's exactly right. At age 18, the, the parent's income and resources are not deemed to the child. They're considered an adult and only their income and resources are looked at. And then you mentioned some exempt assets and, and I was happy to hear about the primary residence because that could be a substantial value. Plus you get one car. And as I understand, there are a few other exempt assets where they won't count it against the $2,000 resource limit. Well, if what you're referring to is such as a special needs trust, that is either a first party or a third party special needs trust that's properly written and has the, the language that Social Security requires in order to exclude the trust as, as an available resource, then the special needs trust is not counted as a resource for the applicant. Okay, great. Um, and then also, you mentioned that there was an income test. Can you tell us a little bit how that works? Yes, the income for, for an adult um, in, in, in all 50 states right now, the, the federal um, SSI rate, I believe, is at 771. And, and, so, and, and, then, uh, and many of the states supplement that, such as California the maximum amount for an individual and adult living independently is $931. So the, the federal amount is many times supplemented by, by some states. So, so I think what, what occurs, you're saying, you're saying that um, if you qualify for SSI, uh, 
the federal government will pay $771 a month to that person, where some states will also supplement it. So for example, I think you use California, they might pay $931 a month, correct? That's correct. There's some states that don't supplement it at all. So in terms of the income limit, the they will social security in, in processing the application will look at what the individual's earned income and and their unearned income and they will determine the amount of SSI the individual is going to get. So in other words, they have to be disabled, they have to have limited resources as we just mentioned, but then the amount of SSI they receive is based upon the income. For an adult, it's the adult income. For a child, again, we have the process of deeming where the parent's income is deemed to the child. And there's a process that Social Security looks at in terms of deeming where they look at how many other children are in the home that are not on SSI, whether there's one parent or two parents, and that determines whether or not the income of the parent that's being deemed to the child is going to result in the child either being eligible for SSI or not. And a, and a good point here is that, that a person can receive, you know, after that calculation is done and the deeming is done, a person may only receive a few dollars of SSI. But as we'll mention in a moment, there's health benefits that can go along with that. But so, so the amount of SSI that the person receives is based upon their income if they're an adult or their parents' income if they're a child. Okay. And so... You mentioned that there was just say, let's just use the federal benefit rate of $771 a month. That's not a lot of money. And is, is that just designed to pay for food and shelter? It's for food and shelter, but it can be used for other, other purposes. Um, and that's accounted for on an annual basis. But the parents or anyone can assist the individual with their food and shelter or with other expenditures, but it becomes a bit problematic if if the individual receives cash from anyone to help them with their living arrangement. There's a dollar-for-dollar dollar reduction in the SSI after the first $20 that they receive in any particular month. So yes, a person who's on SSI can have someone help them with their food and shelter, um, and if the food and shelter is provided, let's say a parent is providing it to to an adult, uh, there'll be a two so this for this year there'd be a two hundred and seventy seven dollar reduction in that adult SSI check. Now that's if the parent or someone, even a special needs trust, is paying for the individual's food and shelter, not giving the individual the money, but paying for the food and shelter. Then there'd be a two seventy seven reduction in the person's. SSI monthly benefit. If money is given directly to the individual after the first $20, then there's a dollar for dollar reduction in the SSI, and that reduction can go all the way down to zero. So let me, I think I understand. So if there's $771 a month, and let's say that my child with a disability who is an adult uh, is living off seven seventy one a month, and I, I I don't think that's enough to pay for their rent, food, utilities, and I went ahead and gave them an five hundred extra dollars a month, and just gave them five hundred dollars a month cash. 
you're saying that's treated as unearned income and it would reduce that 771 by, I guess you said there was a $20 freebie, right? And it would reduce it by 480. That's correct. So really I'm not giving them much of a benefit at all because they're taking away the SSI and, uh, I'm just giving them cash, right? Right. But if the parent wants to pay for their adult's food and shelter directly, that means, you know, paying a landlord, paying their local grocery store um, directly without the money passing through the beneficiary's hands, the parent can do that. They could pay $5,000 a month for a condo. And as long as it's paid for directly to the landlord, the SSI beneficiary's monthly amount would only go down by the 277. Okay. So I think do they, I've heard that referred to as in-kind support and maintenance income or ISM. That's correct. In-kind support and maintenance when it's being pro provided indirectly it's and not passing through the hands of the beneficiary. I, okay. So, so it sounds like there's two different things happening. One is if I give cash directly to the SSI recipient, they get that dollar for dollar reduction after the first 20. But if I pay the food and shelter directly, the reduction is much less. It's a maximum of $277 a month, um, and that's in 2019 numbers? That's correct. Okay. So what happens if that person on SSI decides they do want to try to work um, and they actually earn income? Does that have an effect on the benefits? Yeah, what that, it, it could have two effects. The first effect would be the reduction in the amount of SSI that they would receive. And how that works is, as we said before, there's a $20 allowance that is, or the first $20 is not counted at all, no matter what the type of income it is. And then the next $65, if it's earned income, is not counted. So that gets us up to $85. So if you're an SSI beneficiary, an adult working, you could earn $85 a month and your SSI check would not be affected. However, if you earn over that amount, then there's a 50 cent on the dollar reduction in your SSI check. And that reduction, depending upon how much you're earning, can go all the way down to zero. So the, the, the amount of money that the beneficiary would receive after $85 would affect the SSI benefit amount, 50 cents on the dollar. Okay. And... As I understand it, there are also some right-to-work programs that Social Security has uh, put in place for people with disabilities. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. There's a, there's a number of them. One of them is called the Ticket to Work program, where the individual can continue to receive their monthly benefit amount if they're working with, let's say, the Department of Rehabilitation and have an individual um, rehabilitation plan in place and is actively working towards that which um, allows them, again, to, to continue to receive their monthly cash benefit and the health benefits that go along with it. But I was, what I was going to say was there's a second possible consequence to the person working in addition to their SSI check being reduced, and that is that if, if, if an individual is working, the Social Security may look at that and say, we need to review whether this person continues to, to qualify as being disabled under our rules. So I you know, caution my clients that it's 
probably a good idea to be sure that if you, you're going to go to work, that you're going to be able to earn probably more than that SSI check. Because if you begin earning too much, you're going to get on the radar scope of Social Security and they could review to see if you are capable of earning that 1220 substantial gainful activity amount. Okay, that's important. I also understand what you're talking about is an individual in this case. What happens if that adult individual is married? Does that spouse's income and resource count against the individual? Yes, just as there's deeming from a parent to a child, there is deeming from a spouse to the applicant in terms of both the resources and the income. So the individual um, may not qualify for the SSI because the, the, the combination of the, the, the applicant and their spouse, their resources are over 2000 and the income of the, of the spouse is deemed to the applicant. So that can affect the amount of SSI that they would receive. Okay, so you earlier mentioned that there might be a healthcare component with SSI. How does that work? Yes, any individual who qualifies for SSI automatically qualifies for Medicaid. That is the the federal um, health insurance plan that's available to individuals on SSI. And even if you're only getting one dollar of SSI you qualify for Medicaid. It's called Medi-Cal in California, but every other state it's called Medicaid. Okay, and I understand that is something they call categorical eligibility. Um, And I believe 37 states actually have that written into their rules. Some of the other states um, also, everybody, every state does use SSI as a benchmark, but sometimes you also have to qualify separately for Medicaid in a few states. So it's important to understand which state you're in. Um, What happens if that SSI recipient is unable to manage their check? Yes, Social Security and their sole discretion can determine um, if, if the individual, the applicant, the beneficiary of the SSI is not capable of two things. One is managing the monthly benefit that they're going to be receiving. And the second is that there's reporting requirements that are, re- that, that are required by a recipient. And so if the individual is not capable of reporting to Social Security their change of address or uh, earned income or their, their marriage status, or if there's children, or if there's people moving in or out of the household, if the if the SSI beneficiary is not capable of doing that reporting and or managing the monthly benefit they receive, then Social Security, in their sole discretion, will appoint a representative payee. The representative payee is then responsible for doing all of those reporting requirements and is also required on a yearly basis to submit, respond to and submit what's called the annual representative payee report. And the representative payee would get a letter from Social Security saying, over the past year, we as we Social Security have provided to you X amount of money on behalf of the of a SSI beneficiary, and you have, have, have been the manager of that money. And we're now asking you, what did you do with that money? 
and they ask you to to determine how much to report to them how much you spent on their food and shelter, how much you spent on such things as um, their their medicals. Uh, um, expenses, uh, recreational expenses, other kinds of expenses, and also if you've saved any money. And so that has to be filled out and submitted to Social Security as one of the requirements of being a representative payee. Okay. Wow. Okay. So you mentioned that 771 is the 2019 federal benefit rate. Does that number ever go up? Yes, there there are in some years what's called a, a cost of living increase. This year, I believe it was about one or two point one percent. I think it was. Um, there's some years when it doesn't go up at all, and so um, it's it's not much money, and it, it doesn't go up a whole lot. But but yeah, there is a a cost, there is on, in some years uh, a cost of living increase. Okay, well. Jim, thank you so much. I know there's a lot more to talk about with SSI, but I understand that for many people with disabilities, SSI is what keeps them uh, able to purchase food and shelter, and it also makes them eligible for the probably the only health care that they can obtain, which is Medicaid. Um, so it's a very important program. Is there anything else yeah, that you'd like to mention about SSI just in general? Um, no, I think we've, we've pretty well covered it. Okay. Well, thank you again. So if you like this podcast, please share it with your friends and colleagues. Uh, we'd like to be able to reach as many people as possible with these educational uh, podcasts. Uh, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, or if you'd like to share the podcast, you can find it at pod617.com or you can look at my website, which is herblaw.com, U-R-B-L-A-W.com. Thank you so much, Jim. I appreciate your help and your expertise.